All right, here we are, man. Deacon David, we're back. We're here, and it's the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. We're yeah. running out of days. We're running out. <laughs> We've still got like five weeks. <laughs> oh, is that right? I do get the sense that you have a better finger on the pulse. Like, you have a, a better sense of what the liturgical life of the church is right now. Well, that's what happens when you work and live at a parish. Yeah. I've never had that. <laughs> yeah. You should. It's maybe, fun. maybe I never will. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Well, I uh, have some good news for you. Oh, yeah? So for all those who were listening last week, you know that I was uncertain as to whether or not I would preach this Sunday. And? And? I did. You did. <laughs> all right. Congratulations. Yeah, I, thank you. That really was my did it. Second, second homily in a parish setting. Uh-huh. Um, I've preached, uh, since being ordained of the diaconate, I've preached a couple of times in the community. One more formally, where I sit at a pulpit you know, and preach to the community and other times more sort of informally in a smaller setting. Um, but hey, I got to go to a parish yesterday and I preached, I preached the homily. Very cool. Did, uh, did our conversation help? Even though it wasn't in uh, Spanish? Oh, that's a good point. Um, like, like the last time this happened, it helped because it got a lot of ideas jogging. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't actually, so I remember last week we were talking about objective and subjective experience, or we were talking about, in your case, with like, you know, being foreigners, um, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, talking yeah. about the sacraments. Um, I didn't talk about any of that, <laughs> so, um, which is good. First drafts yeah, are, absolutely. you know, yeah. um, just really briefly, I'll just tell you, I ended up preaching about uh, the gospel of the 10 lepers is a good guide to like the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So I went through five stages of the spiritual life oh. and uh, how that gospel narrates them. Just quickly, I'll just say like the the first stage of the spiritual life is that Jesus meets them where they're at. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, the spiritual life is not about our quest for him, but he meets us where we're at, even in the messiness of our illness. Yeah, Like he goes to where the Samaritans are, uh, to where the lepers are. And then I went through this whole thing about like they recognize their own illness, which is a part of the spiritual life. They also ask for help. That's part of the spiritual mm-hmm. life. They receive healing. That's part of the spiritual mm-hmm. life. And then lastly, they give thanks, you know, for. Well, uh, one gives thanks, gave thanks. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, so it was kind of, it was cool. I got some good compliments and some good feedback. Nice. Um, yeah. Someone complimented me on my volume, oh, which was. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> which this is the day you've treat. been waiting for. Yeah, my whole life has Your been leading up to this moment. Life. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said, "Thank you for being loud and and strong voiced." <laughs> yeah, that's a dream come true, literally. <laughs> yeah, man. How about you? How was your uh, preaching? It was good. Um, I focused on um, the turning back to God as sort of this conversion experience, and oh, how yeah, we can yeah, yeah. how we can kind of get lost in the physical healings as like as if that's the miracle um, and kind of pointed out the fact that perhaps one of the reasons why this healing of the 10 lepers is paired with um, the story of Naaman from second mm-hmm. Kings is to show that, look, this is not unique to Jesus. <laughs> Lots of oh, the prophets hmm. and apostles even healed people and even raised from the dead. So this isn't the miracle itself. Like that's a cool thing mm. and we should glorify that when it happens. But, that's not the sign that he is God. 
What was the sign that he was God? Well, the conversion, go forth, your faith has saved you. Like, Oh, the fact that he was able to do it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That, that last line from the lips of Jesus right. is something only God can say. Right. And that's, that's the miracle. Oh, interesting. And that's the revelation there. Right. Of, exactly. I like that. I like that. There was an aspect of it too, where it's like the difference between healing and salvation. Mm-hmm. That only one of them, all of them were healed. Only one of them was saved. Right. 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 So, which is cool. Yeah. It's kind of what I focused on. Um, it's kind of a weird thing getting compliments at the parish because you can never really tell. This is going to sound terrible, but you can never really tell which ones are sincere and which is like, mm. oh, Father, you, you spoke words. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, I think it's just taking it all as sincere. Yeah. Is oh, absolutely. Best. Yeah. And I love it. I mean, it's great. Probably um, not not to, not casting doubt on people's sincerity is probably a good, <laughs> right? <laughs> probably probably a good thing. Uh, but I, I know what you mean, and it is a, a topic of conversation with homiletics that I I am always very curious about, and I'd be interested in hearing from other people of you know what kind of feedback is actually useful, and you know like mm-hmm. what I I would love if people gave me feedback. Um, yeah. You know, maybe not right away in a very critical way, but like yeah. I've gotten some practical feedback, um, like you need to slow down at certain times or, uh, a really good one was we've got this really strange Ambo set up, um, and a huge, one of these giant books of the gospel, book of the gospels. Nice. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and being a normal sized person, it can be difficult for people that are sitting close to the altar to see me. Mm. Uh, so I've started taking the book off the, off the podium. Ooh, and you were told not to do that. No, no, no. I was told to do that so that people could see. Oh, me. oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, get a stool. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love how in this, in this version of history, you're a normal sized person. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> yeah, that's because that's accurate. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, good. So let's jump into this week. All right. Uh, we got, what do we got? 29 Sunday in Ordinary Time and some pretty good readings. I got to tell you, man, they're pretty simple. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know. There's not a lot to chew on for me here. Um, Say more. What do you mean? Because I, well, okay. especially this first reading, is a little uh, scandalous even. Okay. Well, I'll just say right off the bat, I'll just piggybacking off of last week. I did decide to prepare this week with the Spanish readings, uh-huh. um, which I think might help you know give some contour to our conversation. But I just, it felt like the parallel between the first reading with Moses, you know, standing on the mountain and then the fight between mm-hmm. the Amalekites and Joshua and the Israelites. Okay, that just seems to parallel really well with the image of the the widow and the unjust judge. Yeah. So I had a hard time thinking about like, oh, what do we need to really like tease out here? <laughs> it just seems like a very clear uh-huh. example of, okay, persevere. Salvation comes through perseverance. Uh-huh. The end. Like the end. Like that's <laughs> done. I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of like the whole yeah. homily. No, you know? I think, I think that is kind of what I got out of it as well. And I, and I do think that it's an important message. Like I don't think we can say just because it's fairly straightforward in all of the readings, which I agree with. Um, because I think so many people these days aren't doing that. <laughs> They're, persevering. Yeah, they're saying, you know, Moses, his hands grew tired and he just kind of gave up. All right, mm. gave that a shot. 
didn't work out for me yeah. too well because that was a little bit inconvenient. So mm-hmm. it's like, no, mm-hmm. this is not just something that you can decide not to do. Uh, right. The life of faith right. is is it's all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about like, so in terms of prayer, I, I was really struck with like the first line of the gospel I thought was really great. So Jesus told the disciples a parable to teach them the importance and necessity of prayer always. Yeah. Like, like, I thought that was, I don't know what the translation is in English, but in Without Spanish, you know, weary. it's... So, but like about the... About oh, the necessity yeah, of the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. Yeah, and that's the same in Spanish. But I just I just found that the the word necessity was key. That Jesus mm-hmm. is saying it is necessary to pray always. Yeah. So I I read that and I was like, oh, whoa! Jesus is telling me to not grow weary in my prayer. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's no longer just wishful and nice niceties. That's a commandment. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's. Yeah. He's saying, stop growing weary. And it made me think a little bit about like, okay, when I say, what would I say to somebody who says to me that they have no desire to pray? You know, like Mm -hmm. if I, I just don't feel like, I don't feel like it. Yeah. You know, I guess I've heard that. And I've said that that. from people. (laughs) I've said it. Sometimes I just don't feel like praying. So what's the response to that? I guess is what, is what today's gospel is. What's the response when somebody says, I don't feel like it? Um, I mean, you know, you could go kind of the snarky route and say, well, there's lots of things that you don't feel like doing that you need to do, like right. getting up and right. going to work, like taking care of, you know, eating well, it'd yeah. be a, so yeah. much easier just to eat McDonald's every day. Right. Right. And more convenient. I mean, I, I mean, with that, I was thinking about eating in general. So like, what if you don't feel like eating? Yeah. Well, you got to eat. I mean, you got to <laughs> eat something, you know? Um, just because you don't feel like praying doesn't mean that you... Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, exercise is a great example. Like, um, we've had this conversation many times back in Dallas, maybe not so much these days, of why why exercise. It hurts <laughs> and it's inconvenient and, you know, all of these negative things come up. Right, um, right. But it's still, and I don't do it often enough. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, but it's still an important thing to do that leads to a healthy life, not just physically, but also mentally. Even though you don't feel like doing it. Exactly. Right? Now, I will say one of the things about this gospel that I found particularly helpful is that, like the last couple of weeks, um, this gospel has something about faith. Uh huh. So it's not just about prayer and about being an annoying intercessor or, you know, being persistent in prayer. All that is clearly evident in the gospel. Yeah. But just like last week, like your faith has saved you. And the week before that with like the mustard seed, faith, faith and faith. And then this week, you know, Jesus says, um, you know, when the son of man returns, will he find faith like this on earth? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and that's an interesting we, thing as well. Will he find faith on earth? Um, how many people try to ignore <laughs> earth like the earthly aspect of our life of faith and just focus on the kingdom just focus on heaven our heavenly reward Mm. yeah yeah and so often jesus says look the kingdom of god is like this thing here on earth right Uh, right and here it's very clear but when the son of man comes will he find faith on earth yeah 
and what does faith on earth look like? You yeah. Know? So I think that's one thing we've been taught in the last couple of weeks is that we've been taught with a servant, uh, with the master, faith looks like going the, going to do your, what's obligated of you without seeking reward. Yeah. That's faith. Last week we saw faith was God's action and intervention in someone's life, but also the expression of gratitude. That's yeah. faith. Yeah. Um, what does faith look like this week? Well, it's this radical dependence on mm-hmm. God and trust in God that, well, I will not relent because, because I believe that God will answer my prayers. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. And trusting in, so, and again, I, you know, I don't think this is something that is preached on very often, but there's an aspect of that second coming that's not just, again, the, the beatific vision where we, where we're all, you know, happy. Mm-hmm happy singing on clouds in the sky when the son of man comes on earth. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. what are we, how are we focusing on that right here and right now? And I think that's why these readings are so important that we, we have to say, look, it's difficult. We're going to want to give up, but we can't. Yeah. 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 We're going to be weary. And we're going to be judged in eternity. We're going to be judged based off of our actions and inactions on earth. Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. Um, actually, there's an interesting connection there that I was already thinking about. With the good life? There's some. No, <laughs> I was, I was thinking, I was thinking about, um, so there's something ironic, if you think about it, that, that the image that Jesus uses is a judge. Uh huh. So this is an unjust judge. Okay. But then there's something, so like, um, so Jesus says, Notice about this unjust judge. Well, God, won't he, I don't know what your translation is, but won't he be just and, you know, rule rightly, uh, for those, you know, in the kingdom, yeah. um, without delay. So he uses this unjust judge to speak of God's justice and God yeah. being a judge. Yeah. So I think it's important because it goes to your point is that the eschatological reality, the life after now. Yeah. The judgment, the final judgment is based off of the kind of faith that we have on earth, mm-hmm. which is the persistence in prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking about that because think about, like, I was looking at the, um, the Alleluia verse. The word of God is alive and effective uh-huh. and it judges us. Uh-huh. It judges our intentions, mm. our desires of our heart. It uses so, that word judges. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What does yours use? Discerning reflections and thoughts of the heart. So mine says, the word of God is living and efficacious. Uh-huh. That's the same. Judging the desires and intentions of the heart. Mm, interesting. Judging versus discerning. You know, so like there's something really curious there if you connect it to the gospel of the judge, that uh-huh. there's justice uh-huh. here of, of deciding between things. Um, and in the gospel, the image of the woman who's persistent, you know, on earth and she continues to pray. Well, if I choose to be slack in my prayer and to not be diligent in my in my life of faith, then well, I'm gonna be judged uh-huh. for that, uh-huh. you know? and that's huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I want to punt pun, pun to you here. What are you? Where, well, where are you at? And I, I mean, again, I love that we're still in Second Timothy. This is such a great letter. Um, but it's the same thing. Saint Paul is saying, "Remain faithful to what you have learned and believed." Because you know from whom you learned it, and that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures, which are capable of giving you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. boom. 
there it is. Like, stick to it. You know it to be true. <laughs> Stay with it. Right. right. Trust God. Yeah. Per, per, uh, the word in Spanish is uh, to endure or to remain uh, in everything that you've learned yeah. uh, and believed, you know? Yeah. Um, well, there's a duty on us. Exactly. And, you know, I'm reminded of the um, of my favorite verse from St. Paul that I put on my ordination card from Romans 12.12. Um, 12. Rejoice in hope, mm. endure in affliction, and persevere in prayer. Yeah. Like, yeah. that kind of sums up the readings for me. That's good. Yeah. And maybe another dimension of that is, just to speak more abstractly, that salvation is not just a matter of what God does to me, mm-hmm. but it's, I have responsibility. Like, and I have a responsibility yeah. to endure in faith and persevere in prayer and to remain faithful to what I've learned and to, yeah, I, I have that responsibility. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm a big fan. I like Luke a lot. Um, it's the gospel that I used primarily to teach um, the gospel stories when I was in Regency. Uh, and Luke often will kind of give this example of, look, even a bad person, a dishonest judge, a bad parent, you know, they'll do the right thing eventually. Uh, we can't, so wouldn't, you know, wouldn't God, our Father in Heaven be all the more quicker to do the right oh, thing? Oh, yeah. Like, even, oh, totally. even this bad person. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do it. Who would, who, what father among you would give his son a snake when he asked for a fish? You know, that kind of thing. Right, right, um, right. Yeah. It's like, think of the worst possible case. God is just as good as that person is bad and more so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's almost easier for us to think of the worst case scenarios. So yeah. Jesus uses those as analogies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so we've been kind of skirting the first reading. You want to touch on that for a little bit? Um, sure. You know, one of the things, well, many of the things, um, I like the Old Testament. I like Exodus. I like Genesis. They're fun. I like battle imagery that could just be my personality. Um, mm-hmm. But I, and I can understand how it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Like we're talking about the Israelite people, um, <laughs> the last line of the reading, and Joshua mowed down Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Oh wow! The word of the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Like, and so I get it. Like, this is a graphic thing. This is uncomfortable. Um, But again, like, why I think it works so well with these other readings is we can't be weary in the face of the reality, the harsh reality of the world. Mm. Um, We're going to face enemies. We're going to face those that want to destroy um, faith, belief in God. Um, goodness in the world. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. we're going to face the enemy. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to fight or are you going to flee? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, so I don't, I don't find it very helpful to run away from these graphic, sometimes violent images in the Old Testament um, for that reason, because look, it's giving us a really good foundation for how to fight against darkness in the world. No, it's going to be misinterpreted like the rest of scripture. It's not, it's nothing special in that regard. And so I don't know why we have to treat it differently when the people that are going to misinterpret it are going to misinterpret literally everything else anyways. You know what I mean? So how, so how do we interpret this? That we are, we are called to fight 
when yeah. forces are yeah. against us. Yeah, we're called to defeat evil. Period. Down yeah. to the last. Yeah, I I'm, I'm I agree with you. Uh, but I think you're missing a, a pretty essential component, right? Which is they only were victorious. Yeah. When oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While his hands were up. And yeah, praising and God. I think, right. And, and I think that's, that's a why really important thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why it's important not to run away from it because there's so many important aspects to how we fight well. And it's not mm. just, you know, me with a sword. It's me in yeah. praise of God. Right. And I guess the important thing, too, is, okay, well, if the lesson here is that we will be victorious against evil insofar as it's God that is fighting within us, which is a wonderful line also in a few, is it in a few, maybe it was earlier in Exodus, uh-huh. uh, you know, that God fights for us um, yeah. when they were fighting with the Egyptians. Um, that's a really good image is that, you know, when, when his hands are raised in prayer and in, in praise, then our fight with evil, you can turn this into an allegory of sorts, you know, our fight with evil becomes successful because it's God who gives mm-hmm. us the strength to fight. Yeah. Um, you know, and so why do we pray? We pray so that God can mm-hmm. can give us the strength to continue the fight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's rich. I mean, it's full of wonderful, the first reading, I mean, it's full of wonderful faith-filled images that if we just take the time mm-hmm. and sit with it and be uncomfortable with it, like I, that's an important part of this. Mm-hmm. The gospel mm-hmm. needs to make us uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Good, good. So in general, you know, perseverance and prayer and having faith, God working in us, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, um, et cetera. That's et no, good. <laughs> yeah, I think we've done a good job here. <laughs> Don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but toot toot. <laughs> toot toot. Anything, uh, any, anything else stand out to you that you want to mention before we go? Um. No, that's about it. Cool. All right, man. Well, I look forward to hearing what you preach about. Yeah. All right, brother. Probably none of this, huh? Probably none of this. <laughs> Actually, probably most All right. of this. <laughs> All right, dude. All right. Until next time. Peace.